Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 297, covering Barge of the Dead and Tinker Tenor Doctor Spy with Kevin Lynch. Hi, friends. More aggressive groaning. It's one of them. More Matt groaning. Not two of them, thankfully, just one of them. Lunk, uh, some some of the people who have seen Voyager ahead of us picked the ones they know are good. You deliberately picked one you really hated, didn't you? Well, I mean, I like Run More and I like Klingons, so really, <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? Like this should be this should be a real easy win, right? Like a Klingon episode with Ron Moore. How could this be terrible? This Damn this you, is literally the pop? worst thing that can happen. Yep. I I don't I can't imagine how this episode could be worse. And it was written by Ron Moore and. The, the well, briefly the new captain of Star Trek. Now he's a big quitter, but uh, yeah, Brian Fuller, an big, also. F- big mm. fan of American Gods, Brian Fuller. Yeah, Brian, I would drop anything to do Star Trek. Oh, just kidding, Fuller. There's actually a quote from him that said, "I would do, I would give anything to do Star Trek," and apparently that's not true. Brian, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that, Fuller. <laughs> exactly, meatloaf. <laughs> God, I wish Brian Fuller was just meatloaf. I, I don't wish anyone was Meatloaf, even Meatloaf. <laughs> hey, Brian, you want to work on this new Star Trek show? Let me sleep on it. <laughs> Come over here, bitch tits. That's all I know about Meatloaf. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, this was a rough one. I don't think I, like, I don't think any of the three of us enjoyed this, did we? No. Oh, my, no. Okay. Just, I don't want to speak for anyone. Okay. No, fucking flunk, start talking about it, then we can all yell. Yeah, please, tell <laughs> us right. about Barge of the Dead, won't you? So, Blonde is testing out the newest version of Star Tours when the ride breaks down and she gets bonked on the head. Chuck finds a stick in the shuttlecraft spokes that has the Klingon logo on it. Sure, yet another random piece of the Alpha Quadrant happened across the Voyager's path. Fine. Then the stick starts bleeding and everyone tells Belle that she's crazy and they all have go and have a Klingon party because we all know how much you love Klingon shit. She, she doesn't. <laughs> At the Klingon party, a bunch of actual Klingons show up and kill everyone. So if you weren't sure yet if the whole episode was a dream, you are now. Then Bellana finds herself on the titular Barge of the Dead, which takes the dishonored souls to Grethor, the Klingon hell. What she's done to earn eternal damnation isn't clear, but that's not important because Belle's mom is also there. The mother must carry the dishonor of her daughter, some shit. Then Bellana wakes up. Uh, there's some running in place, complete with Chuck arguing against the spiritual answer. Then Blana gets formal permission from the captain to kill herself and save her mother. So it's back to the river sticks, and I start wondering if I can play my Game Boy and take notes for the show at the same time. Mom is saved, she goes off to Stokavor, and Blana goes to Hell. Hell is Voyager. I'm not joking. Hell is Voyager, and Neelix is the gatekeeper. Then some dumb shit happens. I watched the episode twice, read the memory alpha summary, and I'm still not entirely sure what it was. There's a lot of cutting back and forth between Hell Voyager, Real Voyager, and the barge where Mom is still there for some reason. But Blana probably saved her mother's soul and is taking the first steps to being a better Klingon. I'm sure this is supposed to be a great character growth moment in Blana's arc, but, you know, it's Voyager. The, arc? The, we have arcs the, on this show? The thing I really hate about this episode is that Blana doesn't give a shit about being a Klingon, and neither do I. No, we've spent five years establishing that this Klingon thing is an irritant to her. It's it's a yeah. nuisance. It's not something she's embraced at all. She doesn't like it. Yeah. No, and it's also it's not and a even thing the beginning of the episode her. she doesn't like it. But then once the plot yeah. says that she needs to like it, then she does. Yeah, yeah, like like the show has gone out of its way to not give a shit that she is a Klingon. You know, like it pops up occasionally, but like you know. It's Bolana, and she doesn't give a fu- flying fuck about any of this garbage, you know? Yeah, and we're a million billion miles from any other Klingons, so it shouldn't really come up. Apart from her having, you know, the look and a bit of a temper, like, yeah. it really shouldn't come up because there's no other Klingons for her to interact with. Like, it, it works occasionally for, like, oh, you know, like, j- there'll be occasional references, and that works fine. But Yeah, like, it's your birthday th- here. Have a blood cake. Like, okay. Yeah, but sure. Bolana is not Worf, okay? Like, 
Well, right. And I think that was deliberate. I think they're like, okay, we had a Klingon character on this show and he was super into this. So mm-hmm. if we're going to have another one, we need to do something different with it. And I, I like that. I've yeah. always respected that about her. But like the other thing is we've done this. We've done the Klingon doesn't give a shit about Klingon stuff too. We had Alexander. Yeah, but Bell's better. Look, no one's disputing. On the list of Klingons I like, you know, <laughs> Bolana's pretty high up. Alexander's I think Alexander might be down. at the bottom. Worf, not Worf the, well, on Matt's list, is Alexander above Worf? Oh, man, that's a tough one, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is this is Shovel versus Fan all over again. Oh, man. Oh, fucking Shovel. Oh! <laughs> but the Fan flunk. Yeah, no, the Shovel. Mm. Look, we got we got we got to channel our anger at at this specific episode here. So I was uh, Memory Alpha says Ron Moore wrote this as uh, part of a DS9 episode. DS9 ended, and he just brought his idea over here. And... Oh well, fucking no wonder. Well, the interesting yeah. part about that is the last episode felt more Deep Space Nine-y to me than this one, which mm. feels like a shitty Voyager episode. Yeah, to me yeah. it felt like oh, Magic Dreams. Is that what we're doing over here? Okay, yeah. I can do yeah. that. Well, I mean, who's the like? Who was it supposed to be about? Was it supposed to, like it was? It was a Worf episode. It was. I don't have the memory off of it entry was, in front yeah, of me at I the moment, it but Worf, it was. But it was a general. It was um uh one of the episodes with the three Klingons. Oh, okay. And like, uh, I, it was going to be sure, a subplot actually. was when they went to. I thought it was. I thought it was the one with um. No, it was the one that takes place entirely like during the war. That takes place mm. entirely on okay. the Klingon cruiser. Oh, right, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think it was it was either Berman or uh, I think uh, I Stephen Bear said, said there's there's too much yeah, happening. There's too much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't you can't have all this like day in the life of a Klingon on a Klingon ship, and also like this mysticism stuff. You got to cut something. Sure. And, the, and the, the thing about that too, though, is is the mysticism works on um, Deep Space Nine, which mm-hmm. we've talked about. Like, if this was, like, I think the prophet. Well, no, it's, but... if if Worf was like stuck in the wormhole and had a prophet vision about going to to cling on hell like then it would make sense yeah, but yeah i guess so in this where bolana died and went to hell and that's basically exactly what happened like it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't it's, work it's yeah. Klingon flatliners the movie flatliners where yeah. people deliberately die for like a minute like clinically die so they can go to the afterlife and then come back like that is that is what the setup is here yeah and also it's just stupid and by the way, fucking Kate letting her do this is the dumbest fucking thing. We're talking about an episode, like, you want to talk about fucking Janeway acting out of character. Good God. Yeah. No, this like, is this is clearly just trying to do that same thing from, from uh, Next Gen episodes where mm-hmm. Worf is like, I need to do a Klingon thing. And Picard's like, well, you can't do a Klingon thing. Well, I must do a Klingon thing. All right, do your Klingon thing. You can't do a Klingon thing. I must do a Klingon thing. You can't do a Klingon thing. Duck season. Rabbit season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now I want to see uh now I want to see Patrick Stewart in the uh, Elmer Fudd hunting cap. Oh man, I want to see him shoot Worf in the face so that his uh, head ridges spin around <laughs> on the back of his head. You are despicable. <laughs> now I want to see Worf in Duck Amok. Although I yes. guess it would be <laughs> I guess it would be called Duck Amok. Yeah. <laughs> uh we once again we've imagined a better episode. Uh-huh. Now this to me it felt like okay Ron Moore has has worked so hard across two other series to gradually build the Klingon like like all their the whole culture their beliefs mm-hmm. everything and there's like one piece left and he's like fuck it I'll just put it here just yeah. just so it's canon and I can finally put all this stuff like to bed yeah like I get where he's coming from but it do- it just it doesn't fit here oh no no it doesn't fit at all I'm saying I think that's why he might have done mm-hmm. it because it's like I got one last cool idea and then the whole thing is like codified. Sure, and uh, it doesn't fit. But uh, hey, now now it's now it's uh, legit. What? Now it's real. Whatever, official. I still got a paycheck. Yeah, exactly. Mm. No, this was his second of two that he very famously quit over. Mm-hmm. So you know, so there's that. He, he said, Brandon, what what the hell are you got over here? This is this. What is, are you I doing? Yeah, well, I'm glad I can't you do asked, this. Ron. Oh. I gotta leave forever. Wait, let me spin you a tale of my grand vision for Star Trek Voyager. I don't know what I'm doing. Flipping through old uh, story notes. Nope, nope. My mind is blown. Use that one. It's like she's dead, but she's not actually dead, and we don't really know what's going on, and then everyone dies. What What about if everyone actually was a ghost? Ugh. 
but they, they spend, were dreaming that they were ghosts. They was they spent most of the episode on a boat. Not not like the barge isn't a space barge. It's an actual like Viking wooden sailing ship. You've Ugh. got a bunch of bird of prey sets you're not using anymore. I know. I know fucking, that really bugged me. Fucking fill it with cool skulls and shit. Like Nope, gotta be on a boat. A boat. Yep. Oh, and by the way, this is my good thing because of how fucking stupid it is. <laughs> So fucking uh, stupid is good in this case. Oh, look, if it makes me laugh as hard as this fucking did, it, it gets brought a, you some it joy. Okay. Thing. Fucking sure. the the barge of the dead pulls up at Klingon Hell, gets into a gets a really nice parking space, by the way. <laughs> and we get to see, we get to see the fiery gates of Klingon Hell, domain mm-hmm. of Feklar, the Klingon devil or whatever the fuck. <laughs> And yeah. how do you know how do you know that it's Klingon hell? Well, I'll tell you. The Klingon logo is hanging upside down. <laughs> this is one of those things that you notice that I do not. It's so fu- like oh my god. You know, well, like the devil? Yeah, like with an upside down cross. <laughs> yes. Good god. Well, how else would you ah. know? The devil is always walking around on the ceiling. It's just like that. <laughs> I, Wait, what I, Flunk, are you saying Lionel Richie is the devil? Oh, what a feeling. <laughs> what What I really want is for uh, the doors of hell to open, Belanda to wander in, and there's just fucking John Lovitz in a devil costume with a Klingon head, with a Klingon head ridge. Hello. I, I've been waiting for you, Belana. Yeah, but Matt, he's the pathological liar. He has no honor. <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. Feklar. <laughs> Also, I want to see a three-headed targ at the gate of Klingon Hell. Right? Yeah. But yeah. No. Klingon Hell is not very good. It's a boat. <laughs> and I've been on boats. They're not hellish. They're fine. No, they, the boat is just be, the journey you know. to hell. Actual yeah. hell is Voyager. Well, yeah, that's true. And this is what your good thing, right? Uh, bad thing? Is this one of your no. things? Was... Is this no, a okay. thing you want to talk about at all, Flunk? Okay, I mean, fair. this is a thing I want to address, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I could swear I saw this in your notes somewhere. It's in the notes somewhere. Like, like it's it's okay. it's that fucking lazy thing that they always do on this show in particular, but in, in most TV shows where, like, you just save money by, by taking the regular sets and putting a fisheye lens on and, like, mm-hmm. waving the camera mm-hmm. around. Womp womp. <laughs> yes and um and yeah and like but it it could work if there's some sort of symbolism involved in it but like what's the point of having neelix be the the guide through hell and just oh, having God. tuvok yell at her like it doesn't mean anything well, that was it's my literally bad true thing. like I, it's they're... true for us but like they think yeah. they're making a good show like yeah. they're they're trying so hard to make neelix seem you know menacing and like threatening and stuff and it's but not he doesn't gonna have like red eyes or fangs or anything it's just neelix it's just fucking yeah. neelix like, hi well yeah, he doesn't have a scary voice he's just like you get to spend eternity with me neelix okay i guess okay i'm understanding it now never mind <laughs> i withdraw my bad thing <laughs> yeah no that's hell that's certainly hell for me uh actually i made you this hair pie yeah uh that's my quote we'll just get that out of the way too oh good all right I don't consider Voyager hell. I think it's safe to say we disagree. (laughs) Voyager isn't hell. Well, Well, you try watching every episode. Yeah. I mean, many people have. We are certainly not the first to to watch every episode. Mm. We might be the angriest people to watch it, though. But the fact that we're warning people along the way, maybe we'll be the last. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe no one will have to suffer (laughs) after us. We can only hope. Oh, God. Uh, my good thing was, yes. speaking of Neelix, we got to see a Klingon kill him. That and was pretty, that was also, pretty yeah. fucking great. Also Harry. Got mm-hmm. to see Harry get killed, too. That was good. Yep. So that's about all I got there. I, I'm i really tired of every, of them murdering the entire cast. Yeah, me too. They do it a lot. And it's like, you want to let all of the tension out of the room, like... Yeah, well, now we like, know nothing matters. Yeah, exactly. Fucking that's, that's murder the Harry. Because it was... Uh, that scene starts too with with like I was saying before with the steady cam shot. So like the camera's all shaky, so you know that something's wrong in the first place. And then Klingon show up and start killing everybody. Like, oh, okay, yep. it's a dream. Who cares? And the thing is, like, there's a there's an earlier scene where Tuvok is trying to talk Balana through her stuff, 
Mm. And he starts getting a bit aggressive. And I thought that was just him. And I was like, is he acting out of character? Is this just kind of cool? Uh, or is, no, is, never is he mind. doing it's like a weird a meditation something? Like he knows he has to get oh, see, her I, aggression out or yeah, something? Yeah, like, like I yeah, thought it was legitimately part of her therapy or something. Yeah, yeah, I thought either he had melded with her or he was just kind of tapping into their cultural stuff mm. and just like trying to trying to get a, a reaction out of her. And I actually kind of liked it for a minute until I realized it wasn't happening. And I was yeah. like, oh, wait, no, I was wrong. This is dumb was it happening though and this is my bad thing so this was all in her mind right none of it actually happened i mean either answer is going to be hugely disappointing and annoying but for very different reasons Mm. the impression i got is that it all actually happened so did she literally go to klingon hell or did she like or did she hallucinate this maybe here on level one of klingon hell (laughs) hey balana gonna make some noise (laughs) could have saved the day with the beastie boys i'm just trying to work them in again but that's uh, fine yeah no i uh, i don't know like i seriously could not figure out and they never made it clear no uh, it's like no. flunk said a minute ago ds9 walked the line well with here's some spiritual stuff that might be scientifically explainable or it might not be mm-hmm. who knows and is that nice line between super powerful aliens equals magic but this was not that no, no. this was dumb this is a lot of dumb yeah and well, none of it just, like, logistically made any sense. And also, if, if it was some, like, random aliens or that we went to their hell or something, it would make sense. Or not make sense, but be slightly better because... Yeah, but it's Klingons. Right, exactly. We've established that Klingons aren't magical. <laughs> no. Like, you could so, go to the Q continuum and it's dumb, but at least it works because Q is magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean, you mean the old farmhouse on the dirt road? Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> the Q continuum. As we all imagined it. Yes, the, the Civil War, you know, the cues. Thanks, thanks a right. lot, Al. I, I forgot about that episode. Oh, no. Now, whenever you say Q Continuum, that's what I picture, because that's canonically what it is. Mm. Before, all you could Banjo just imagine Man. it, but yeah. No, no, no. Banjo Man's a different farmhouse guy. What the fuck, Voyager? Why do you like farmhouses so much? Because it'll blow their minds. Oh! And boats. Now we got the boats. Boats and fa- if only there was a way to put a farm on a boat, then I could truly make the greatest science fiction show of all time. Uh, and and it's like Flunk said in his summary, like, oh, good, more Alpha Quadrant stuff here in the Delta mm. Quadrant, like just some they fucking Klingon. pick up a and Klingon just, like, license randomly plate. Sh- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like a rock with a Klingon symbol on it. Oh, I just happened to find this in space. What are the odds? Fucking Jesus Christ. Except I think that part was part of the hallucination dream fantasy limbo part. Oh, so there's no actual Klingon relic that she found. No, No, because it started bleeding pretty much immediately. Yeah, but it could still exist and she just see the blood. The like I agree I I think you're right. I don't think they actually found it, but like they're super unclear about it. Yeah. But if they didn't find it, then why did they then throw her the Klingon party, or did that not happen? I don't know if that happened either. Yeah, I don't think any of it because I thought that was meant to to celebrate her Klingon, like the Klingons made it this far into the Delta Quadrant. That means Klingons are cool. Let's celebrate Klingons. I think I, it I all actually that. happened, but only to Boana. Mm. I hope that fucking party didn't happen. Because what a rude thing to do to a friend of yours. Yeah, yeah. really. Hey, you're not. You're kind of ashamed of this part of your life. So let's all celebrate it. It's like if your friend was like like stopped being Jewish and you threw them a bar mitzvah or something. Like, yeah. excuse me the hell is wrong with you i mean i'm i'm part irish but you know star trek has taught me to hate the irish so please don't throw <laughs> me like a an irish party because well i'm sorry al but now you have to chase me through a field for 45 minutes i just want to go on the record too saying that corned beef and cabbage is fucking gross you are not wrong <laughs> so you're a self-hating irishman <laughs> soda bread is acceptable <laughs> Give us well, good. We, over we here still we got... call it pop bread <laughs> We still got one more uh, cheap shot at the Irish, at least to look forward to. So, no, I mean, at least Irish gal will be on for that. So, yeah, that's that's. It's not all bad news. Yeah, but I feel it like he was here. He was physically here when we watched that next gen episode with him. Mm -hmm. He just happened to be here for Emerald City, and the timing worked out. It was super awkward to sit in a hotel room and watch that awful Irish thing with my Irish friend in the room. Mm -hmm. You know how it is from Ireland, always chasing chickens around. I mean, when you walked into this room, you just had some hay under you at all times, right? That's just how it works. I mean, the Irish love their hay. That's just, it's right there in the national anthem, I assume. Yeah, I mean, Colmini had to be shot from, like, the the knees up so you wouldn't see all the hay under him all the time. Well, the nice thing was that they disguised the hay as his hair, so. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to say his Keiko. 
Just made a Keiko Al- scarecrow. Al Hay doesn't scream. <laughs> well, it's a scarecrow. It's, that it's was, an illusion. That was, a, that was a different Irish thing. The Banshee. Ah. <laughs> Very well. Uh, Blanc, what was your good thing about this episode? All right. So when we first meet Blanca's mom, I thought that she was played by Kate Mulgrew, which was kind of stupid. But fortunately, she's not. Um, but the actress was one of the finalists for the role of Janeway, so that's kind of neat. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing so much as it is just It's a more thing. a fun fact a than a good thing. But <laughs> What's your thing? I, I think we can take it, but... Uh... We will each name two things about this episode. Good, bad, whatever. Just things. <laughs> that if Mac can put a good, to... bad thing as his good, I can just have IMDb trivia as mine. Hey, it's my show. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. I don't know. I wouldn't have completely hated Mulgrew as her mom if we were embracing the dream thing. Yeah, like, I think that's just full on be saying better, this is a dream because dream you do that in dreams. You mm-hmm. substitute people that you sort yeah. Of Tom Paris is piloting the the barge and you know yeah yeah. Uh, exactly. Tuvok is the whatever the big mean aggressive guy that was yelling at them. Yeah, yeah and actually, that happens. Th- that happens in real idea. dreams, but it's also a good thing on TV shows mm-hmm. to use your cast. Yeah. In a, in a dream episode, but they didn't do that. So yeah. you know. So, okay, if you're a Klingon and your father does something bad, you suffer for it. If you're a Klingon and your kid does something bad, you suffer for it. It it gets you in both directions. Being a Klingon's rough, man. It's a kind of a big pain in the dick. Because Worf had to suffer for what his dad supposedly did, which he ended up not doing, but for a while we thought he did. Oh, and Worf's brother suffered for what his brother did, so like... Yeah, also that. But now uh, Balana's mom has to suffer for what Balana did? But, like... What did so Belana do in other the family? than not want to be a Klingon? She, yeah, I, like, she's not keeping the Klingon faith. And if you yeah, don't keep the faith, then your mom goes to hell. I, she's not lighting candles on the right days and eating the fe- like blood feasts, probably. And no, because she's a lapsed Klingon. Yeah, exactly. She goes on Klingon Christmas and Klingon Easter, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. You know, the day when... Uh, when Kalis rose from the dead and uh, Christmas, which is just Christmas. Rolled the wrong oh, when Kalis rose from the dead was three years ago, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, they, Klingon Easter's a new thing. <laughs> hey, we got Kalis back. We're going to start a holiday. Cool. Great. Hide some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and when Kalis comes into your home and starts laying eggs around the place. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. What did they use frog DNA to to complete the sequence or something? Yes, that's exactly what happened. They spent so much time wondering whether or not they could, but they forgot to ask if they should. <laughs> Let us redefine progress to mean <laughs> that's a from Star Trek first. Yes. <laughs> uh, Flunk, what was your bad thing? Uh, I think we. Oh yeah, so. Normally, Klingons are an easy good thing, but not this time. Everything on that barge was so boring. Fuck you, Voyager. You even took Klingons from me. No, no. I will tell you one thing on that barge that barge that was not boring, and it was the giant fucking what are the hell what the, what do they call the 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 late the lady on the front of the ship? The, uh, uh, the, the figurehead. Head? Yeah. Okay. So the masthead on the Klingon ship was a big snake that looked like the banister from Beetlejuice. <laughs> just wonderful alright like a sandworm like, that reminds me of a movie I like hmm. I could be watching yeah. that movie I'd much rather watch Beetlejuice than this episode uh huh mm-hmm. I would else, much Beetlejuice rather has a way better soundtrack uh, yeah I would much rather this episode have ended with everyone just singing Deo surely <laughs> <laughs> was enough singing it anyway well that's true. Also, they apparently sung the sang the uh, Klingon like uh, anthem that Worf sang in oh, Way yeah. of the Warrior. I knew I recognized that from some Klingon episode. I had to look it up. I didn't know it off the top. But of like it, like I like I recognized like the sounds or whatever. That yeah. was gonna be my quote because I do like Klingon songs. But uh, mm-hmm. when that low hanging yeah. fruit is sitting there, you gotta take it. Mm-hmm. Of course. Voyager uh, is hell. Oh well, sold. Thanks, Neil. Yep, completely is. Uh, that might not be the quote for the episode so much as the quote for this show (laughs) (laughs) the thing is we've liked a lot of it we've liked a lot more than like you and i matt have liked more than flonk has Mm -hmm. like we have been the show has been kinder to us than it has been to some of our friends but oh yeah when i watch along with you um Mm -hmm. i i sometimes like it better than i remembered so Mm -hmm. 
but I also can't keep up because I hate it. Hate it so much. No, you don't. You've you've already watched all of it. Why would you watch all of it again? Yeah, that's dumb. Every season, I start trying to watch it with you, and then about uh, four or five episodes into it, I fall sure. off. You plus it was it wasn't that long ago, so you probably remember enough that you can keep up with our commentary anyway. Yeah, like maybe not super specific things, but broadly speaking, pretty much. Uh, I drink a lot when I yell at the TV. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I envy you drinking, guys. <laughs> I I do not drink, oh. and this show makes me wish I do. Listen, it doesn't yeah. make the episode shorter or easier, but you get some good vines out of it. So there's that. <laughs> oh, I did one. I did one last oh, week. Oh, I saw of me it was just, great. I uh, beating my head against my iPad. Mm-hmm. Just could not take it. Uh, at some point, somebody says, "Out of the plasma cooker into the fire." Yeah, still out of the frying pans, out of the Andorian frying pan, and into the Regillian space fire. I know for a fact Neelix has made pancakes. You have a frying pan, you fucker. And fire still exists in the future as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, out of the out of the out of the Andorian frying pan into the plasma fire from a plasma vent. Shut up! Just shut up! Just everybody shut up! See, it's like things that people say, but it's different. I don't know why I'm George Lucas now. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's all I have. The Force. Do you guys have anything else for this episode, or shall we like, put forward? Voyager's names their Klingon stuff terribly. How like, do you the, mean? The Day of Honor, like, that's mm-hmm. so generic. The Barge of the Dead, like, like shouldn't it be called, like, the Barge of Feklar or something? Like, Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I it, To me, it felt exactly like they were going, if not specifically Vikings, some kind of Scandinavian. Like, it had a real Scandinavian feel sure. to me, like. They, but usually they borrow from that stuff and sort of pastiche things together. Yeah, and this can, time can, it just like that would be a good, good way to space things up. Yeah, mm. but but this way all they did was they took the actual thing and just like changed one name and it was exactly the same. Like they didn't bother, you know, trying to piece something together. It was just one for one. It yeah, was boring. Just boring. Oh, well, one last thing. And at the end of the episode, when she wakes up from her thing, I do like that, uh, that she's in sick bay, and the doctor's there, Tom is there, and Kate is there, and she hugs Kate. She does not hug her longtime boyfriend. Yeah, of course. Not. She hugs the cap. She hugs Captain Mom. Well, like first things first. Like, come on. Yeah. Look, who who do you think helped her through this? Her her boyfriend, who is a candy striper. Or, you know, the captain. <laughs> I feel like I should do something, but then I feel like I shouldn't do anything. Nah, he's got the, hey, babe. Like the, uh, <laughs> the hey Dennis there, Miller. Bellana. Hey there, Bellana. You awake yet? I'm Tom <laughs> Paris. Yeah, that's about right. Let me fly my Delta Flyer for you for a while. That's my answer to everything. <laughs> the 20th century's great. You want to hear about the 20th century? Let me show you some Captain Proton. You broad. Uh, all right. Anything else? Um, no. For those of you who keep track of such things, uh, in this episode, Klingon blood is red. Mm. I, I think it's only been purple that one time. Yeah, I just like to keep track of it. Yeah, fair enough. You never know when that's going to come up. I mean, I wish it would change back, but I don't think it's ever going to. Yeah, purple Klingon blood is cool. Red Klingon so. blood is boring. Yep, I agree. That's one of the things I've liked in the new movies is like every time Spock gets injured, there's a little speck of green blood or like it, his bruises. Yeah, he have bruises like a green, which tint. I thought was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Just nice detail. Mm. Oh, yeah. Green blood. We said that. Let's, yeah. Let's stay consistent with that. All right. Let's move forward to the badly titled Tinker, Tenor, <laughs> tenor Doctor, Doctor Spy. Spy, Con, Min, <laughs> Boomhauer. I get what they were going for, but because, because he's he not sings. a tinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't really work with the tinker part. Well, he's so. tinker. Oh, we'll get to it. He tinker. Oh, and because they're spying bit. with him. Okay. I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. All right. So the doctor has added a daydreaming subroutine to his program, and since this is Voyager, that means it's inevitably going to malfunction. But before then, we get a little ride along with his Walter Mitty fantasies. Some of them involve heroically saving the ship. Many of them involve not actual sex, but being the object of desire for every woman in any room at any time. And at one point, Neelix. No, I'm not kidding about that. Somebody plays footsie with him during an imaginary meeting, and the first person he makes eye contact with after that is Neelix. That mental image notwithstanding, the fantasies are mostly harmless, and I choose that particular phrasing because this week's alien threat, who are clearly Vogons. They're slug guys, they have no necks, and they're almost cripplingly bureaucratic. 
These fake Vogons, or Fogons, are monitoring Voyager for weaknesses, and somehow manage to tap into the Doctor's fantasies, because that's how monitoring works. I'm all the time seeing people's dreams through my binoculars. <laughs> In the episode's defense, it's pretty funny seeing these guys watch the Doctor and genuinely believe he can perform every job on the ship flawlessly and be the object of literally everyone's affections. One Fogon in particular has become rather fond of the Doctor's adventures and doesn't want to see him destroyed by the oncoming assault by his people. Hey, these guys have the souls of poets, too. So he beams over to Voyager discreetly to warn the Doctor what's about to happen, which naturally results in the Doctor having to pretend to be the captain, because that was obviously where this was all headed in the first five minutes. He Corbomite maneuvers the Fogons into retreating. Kate gives serious consideration to his proposal to add emergency command hologram to his repertoire. And Seven gives him a congratulatory kiss on the cheek, which she makes abundantly clear is platonic. Oh, and did I mention that at one point Harry enters the Doctor's fantasies and just stares at a naked Holo Seven for like 10 minutes? Because that happens and nobody is ever allowed to defend Harry again because seriously, that is not okay. Yeah, just standing there drooling with his mouth open. Eh, boobies. Oh, Jesus, is that what a naked lady looks like? Ugh. Oh, God, man, this Harry. doesn't look like my drawings at all. Just not even trying to be discreet about it or just like, oh, look at that. You just whip out your dick, Harry. Actually, don't, yeah. don't, please. Please don't. Yeah. Just so done with him. Shut up, Harry. <laughs> I don't even think he said anything, but yes, shut up, Harry. Sh no, shut up your life. <laughs> <laughs> this episode started and i'm just gonna go right into my quote because it's sure. it, the, the teaser you, you jump right into his fantasy stuff and i i was so angry at the other one I, I knew this was funny on one level but on another level i'm like i know this is funny but i bet it's stupid and i bet it's terrible and something's wrong but but now this happens mm -hmm. he's been seized by the pond fog <laughs> a neurochemical imbalance is driving him to mate we won't be able to reason with him Tuvok, I understand, you are a Vulcan man. You have just gone without for seven years about. Paris, please find a way to load a hypospray. I will give you the sign, just aim for his behind. Hormones are raging, synapses blazing, it's all so just amazing oh and listen it took me a minute to realize okay this is you're just supposed to enjoy this and there's not some stupid twist or mind-blowing bullshit no mal and i got home from really just a terrible day for both of us and on top of everything else i'm like fuck i gotta watch voyager 2 so i turn mm -hmm. it on and this happens and yeah. just instantly everything is better now <laughs> yeah no, I was. I, it's one of those things where you're in a bad mood and you don't want to get out of the bad mood. And it, mm -hmm. it took me a minute to. Okay, all, all right. I'm. I'm not mad anymore. Wait, did all you right, just say fine. a Vulcan man? Okay, okay. Back up. <laughs> this is a. This is wonderful. It is, but um, and I'm gonna go ahead and get my bad thing yeah, out yeah. of the way quick. His his singing is cute, and I mean, you know, I mean it. My quote, but come on, this is like the sixth episode in a row he's sung in. It's getting tiresome. Mm -hmm. It'd be like if Gates McFadden tap danced through the entire sixth season of Next Gen. We get it. You have talents beyond acting like you're in space. But guess what? The show is about you being in space. We can't bend every story around your dumb auxiliary talent every week. Yeah. Like, the the singing is a big part of the plot, like, four times out of five. And just stop it. I, yeah, I feel like... It, it's uh, been, what, every episode this season so far. And I think, like, the yeah, one or two this is number four. last season. Like, yep. we, we get it. You can sing. I and feel like Ricardo and... keeps wandering into the into the writer's room like Jenna Maroney, just like, hey, have you put any more of my singing in yet? And don't forget to give me close-ups with the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He must no, have and had the an album is... out or something. <laughs> oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> I like the thing is, it's it's cute in this episode. It's cute just about every time it comes up. I'm just get it's it's getting a little thin. That's the thing. Result. It's fine if they used it. It'd be completely fine if they used it sparingly. Like, yeah, once or twice a season, space yeah. it out. It's great. Like, it's great. And I think it's a great part of his character that's been, they've been establishing for years now. And the like, thing with him and Seven singing together has been nice, but they're doing that too much, too. Yeah. Just like, all right, enough. But 
I mean, there was a lot to like about this, and it mm-hmm. was generally goofy and lighthearted. And it's I just a that. nice, fun, cute episode, you know? It is. Uh, Flunk, did you like it? You don't like anything, Voyager. <laughs> really? Yeah. You don't like anything except Enterprise. Yeah. Enterprise is the best show, and we all know it. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, it's the only one that's canon. <laughs> exactly. It has happened. I saw it. <laughs> um, particularly, though, my, my good thing, I, I like the the Bogons. Um, the, they were really good alien designs. Um, they, they looked kind of like a cross between Vogons and the um, the little thumb military guys from Doctor Who. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. They're like little round. Well, the Vogons, the, the original TV Vogons had a real Doctor Who look in the first place. Like, that's that's kind yes. of a chicken and egg thing there. Yeah. But, um, and the, the main guy I thought was, was adorable. And, like, uh, uh, mm-hmm. and the, their whole misunderstanding was, was fun. Mm hmm. Dude yeah. clearly had a crush on the doctor, by the way, which is oh, yeah. great. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. But Matt, this this was your bad thing, was it not? Yeah, no. That I'm I'm watching. I'm like, okay, so these are Vogons. Like, you literally just stole Vogons. Yeah, but so. I mean, look, they are excellently done Vogons. But they have like, more personality than Vogons. That's true. It's it just it's like oh, you're just ripping a hitchhiker off and hoping no one notices because I noticed. Guys. Yeah, but it's it's a goofy, lighthearted episode, and I'm glad they didn't make the aliens try to look menacing and, and pointy and mean. Like, yeah. they made them goofy. I like that. But not too goofy. Not Neelix goofy. Actually, if we combine these guys with the garbage aliens, they'd pretty much be perfect Boguns. Yeah. yeah. Just um, stomping around in rubber boots, telling had, you that resistance is fu- is useless. Not but futile. they did. Excuse me. They they did have this really good thing about uh, uh, bureaucracy, where they had to call back home for mm-hmm. orders. Every like every single decision had to be like triple verified by their command. And I I yeah. don't know. We've never seen somebody do that before. I like that. Like the captain's not allowed to make any decisions on his own. I love that the captain's got like this weird punch card that he uses to communicate with the home world that he plays with all the time. Right. It was weird, just like, what the fuck is that? Like, it, it looks like, I'm like, is that like a Chinese finger trap or something? Did that make a return for some reason? <laughs> also, I had to look it up because I wasn't sure, but the captain on the on the ship, the actor who plays him, mm-hmm. and I, I remember this when the when the credits came up because this is ridiculous. His his name is Googie Gress. <laughs> okay, well, that's not a real name. G-O-O-G-Y. Googie. Any relation to Bunty Bailey? <laughs> Well, that's a callback. Yeah, no kidding. That's Bunty a good pull, Matt. Bailey. Yeah. Googie Gress. <laughs> the Vogon. What's wrong with that grass? Why won't you eat it? Oh, it's too googie. It's so googie. Anakin's all so googie. <laughs> mm, it's so googie. Shut <laughs> up, lady. Yeah. No, I, I like those guys. And I like I like this guy with his weird little crush on the doctor mm-hmm. and like I, it was fun. Uh, my bad thing, though, also relates to them. Um, oh, yeah? In this episode of Voyager, I'm watching someone watch an episode of Voyager. Now I'm in hell. I'm dead and I'm in hell. <laughs> well, look around you, Flonk. Are you on any kind of a barge? Mm. <laughs> it's more of a raft. Is is your mom here? <laughs> I She's suffering for something you you did That's wrong? That's true. Yeah, but but is your mom suffering for your sins? That's, we can only hope. That's the thing. No. <laughs> Uh, I don't like that idea at all. <laughs> My mom's got her own sins to worry about. She doesn't need to suffer from mine. <laughs> On some kind of barge. <laughs> That's the worst part. Some yeah. kind of barge. What is it? Some kind of barge? <laughs> what the hell is this? Some kind of barge? <laughs> uh, my good thing. Yes. This is such a light and fun episode. Pretty much every cast member. I say pretty much because guess who didn't step up? Uh-huh. But yeah, it sure was. Huh. But up to and including Majel as the computer. Oh, that was great. Got a bit, got to act a bit out of type in his fantasies. And the, like they pretty much all except Chuck like did something funny. Well, Harry probably didn't either. I don't remember. But what, what is it she says? Five seconds to be the hero, Doc? Yeah, something like that. Something but like she, that is fucking great. She changed her delivery a little so it wasn't quite so robotic. And mm-hmm. it was fun. And, uh, like, in the whole uh, uh, meeting where everyone's flirting with him, like, all the women are fighting over him, and, like, they're all playing it a little different, and uh, mm. it was fun. I like, I particularly like uh, aggressively flirty territorial Kate. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> She's great at that. And you can tell, because, like, she, I've, I've heard her talk before about how she and Picardo are old pals, and, mm-hmm. like, 
you can tell they have a chemistry that is just fantastic. And uh, I want to see them do more just goofy shit like that. It's fun. I love how much of the Doctor's fantasies revolve around him beating up Tuvok for some reason. He must be intimidated by Tuvok. It's understandable. I guess it's never really come up, but... Uh, proud Vulcan man. Yeah. Excuse me. Proud Vulcan man. <laughs> no, I and I like, like I said in my summary, I like that it he's not really having inappropriate sexual fantasies. They mostly just want him. Mm-hmm. And there's a little kissing. I, like, if he wasn't a doctor, I would almost wonder if he knew what sex was. Yeah, pretty much. Well, it's like he understands it, like, clinically, and that's it. Yeah. But otherwise, he's got, like, a kid's idea of sex, which is just a lot of kissing. Yeah, exactly. And girls paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. Which I, like I kind of love. I also wasn't kidding in my summary when I said the first person he looked at was Neelix, because that actually happened. Yeah. That was weird. Footsie, and then he looks up, and Neelix is like, oh, like, doing the little, like, oh, uh, please, never again. fluttering please. his eyelashes thing. And, uh, yeah. Yo-ho. Yep. <laughs> Waving a hanky at oh, him. Oh, God. <laughs> A man. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna throw up everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. That's, That's fine. There oh. was a nice bit at the end too, where um, uh, they're walking around in the Voyagers or in in, in the Doctor's uh, dreams because you know mm-hmm. this is what the show does. Sure. Um, and Kate sees uh, the Doctor accepting his promotion to emergency command hologram because he just wants to help his friends and, and blah 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 and that makes her right. like reconsider his offer and it's really a nice scene and mm-hmm. then I thought that she would feel a lot differently if she saw the scene where he was rubbing her ass oh yeah <laughs> yep very true I have to make I... sure that the, the, the captain only sees the scenes where I am gracious and not the ones where I am sexually harassing her mm-hmm. or the, the ones doctor. where I'm or the ones where I'm drawing a nude seven. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, Harry just staring at her. Just Although, to be fair, we did her. see the drawings and they had no details on them. So maybe the the fantasy seven doesn't either. That could be, but I feel like that was just TV being TV. Because <laughs> there were a few things very obviously obscured. Doctor, yeah. draw me like one of your species 8731 girls. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I liked the little sequence because, yeah, his whole thing, like, he wants more responsibility, and that's been a thing throughout the show. Sure. And he wants to be the emergency command hologram. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants to wear a red uniform, he wants to have the four pips, and there's a whole little sequence when he boots up the, the emergency command thing. That's really cool. Where the pips actually that. pop up on his collar, and the uniform turns red, and there's this whole little triumphant music. Yeah, the camera the... does, like, a nice, like, sweep up to him. Yeah. No, was that, cute, was, that, that was that was that was part of my good thing. It just I love I love that, and I love him as captain later in the episode. Yeah, except they what I was gonna say is except they did that sequence like three times. It was really funny the first time, mm-hmm. and then they did it again. It's like, uh, come on, guys, do you not understand that it's less funny the second time? Also, I really wish the pips had popped out of his neck with like a noise. <laughs> I think they did, didn't they? No, oh, they had like they? a hologram noise. Oh, did they? Or yeah. Like a weird like sucking noise, like 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 a noise I can't make with my mouth. So. <laughs> a giant second sound like like ross perot used to talk about yeah yeah oh that's fair ross i remember perot. ross perot i do I not you, no. you just remember a, a cartoon character punching a styrofoam hat probably yes <laughs> i remember dana carvey yeah well you will all remember dana carvey that's the curse hey he just put out his second yeah, he's trying to be special ever again. so yeah, I know. He's got a thing on Netflix now that I keep not watching. No, thank you. 50-year fifty year uh, career, two comedy specials. Awesome. Uh, uh-huh. Two comedy specials and The Master of Disguise. <laughs> oh, God. Why would you remind me of The Master of Disguise? Because if I have to think about it, so do you. Him and that little turtle. Like, oh, it's so upsetting. Yeah. Doing that little head movement. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so what else about this episode? Now I'm picturing him having sex with coquettish Neelix. Oh. Ah. Yo. Mr. Master of Disguise. Oh, God. We need to put an explicit tag on this episode. (laughs) Uh, What else? Oh, they Uh, also did, in this one, they did the same uh, take an Earth saying and make it spacey. uh, Oh, did they? 
a space doctor who I this is what my notes say. I don't remember what the actual line was. A uh, space doctor mm-hmm. who operates on whom space self makes himself a space poor space oh, station. Oh right, uh, yeah. No, I remember that now. It's like a a chief medical officer that is his own patient. Oh, shut up! Just sh- yeah. stop it. Just say doctor. Yeah, a doctor. You know, you say it all the time. It's his fucking name. Oh. I did like the his okay. So his program went wrong because that's what always happens. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it went wrong because those guys were eavesdropping. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, it would it would have been fine if like yeah. they weren't there. And that's good. I'm so sick of someone like anytime you make a new thing on a ship, it uh, failing in a hilarious way. Like, well, it we should, went through a cloud, yeah. so now yeah. it's fucking no, monster. It, that was my first thought too when when. Uh, we see the doctor daydreaming and then the ship passes by a nebula and I'm like, Oh, so mm-hmm. inside the nebula are little worms that make dreams alive or something, but no, it's yeah, just where right. the ship was hiding. No. And, and they talked about how this nebula just popped up from out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh boy, here we go. And did that ever go anywhere? Or was that just a thing? No, it's just the way that they used to hide themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's fair. So the old wrath of Khan trick. Yeah. Fair enough. So here's a question. Uh-huh. At the beginning of the uh, episode, when the doctor's doing his uh, his sing along, and uh, Tuvok starts crying, is that mm-hmm. supposed to be a callback to that episode, the the Sarek episode of TNG, or am I crazy? I maybe it might have been like, written by the same person for all it's we know. Li- it's literally like a like a character sort of turns and looks at Tuvok, and he's got like tears streaming down his face, and it's in the middle of a of a, a, a musical number. It could be. And the, it might not have been the, at first, but then when like they're filming it and they realized, like they mm. moved the camera around. That's yeah. like as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, so you're just like, what is this, the the Sarek episode of uh, TNG? Mm-hmm. Obviously, well, that doesn't bother me any. If you're gonna do an homage, I mean, that was a good episode. That is true. Mostly, I was just mad because it's a scene with Neelix in it. It's like, oh yeah, take one of the most important, one of the most uh, brutal scenes in all of TNG, and then slap Neelix in it. You son of a bitch. Well, that's what Voyager's all about, isn't it? <laughs> Let's take, take Star the Trek. In, you take the Neelix out. Ugh. That's what it's all about. Wish, wish we could take the Neelix out. Take the Neelix out. You leave the Neelix out. There's no more Neelix in the show. <laughs> Watch was, that Neelix right out of the show. I think it was the first episode this season. Um, like Neelix wasn't in it at all. And I didn't mm. notice or care until they like name checked him. Like, oh, I was so happy that I hadn't seen Neelix yet, and you reminded me that he existed. I I get a note here for the first episode, like the first episode of these two is like ne- we haven't seen Neelix in like three episodes, and suddenly he's just in like the first scene of this first episode, just like, hey, how we going? <laughs> I thought I was gone, but I'm back, and I brought my twin brother. Oh God, Neelix. <laughs> We're the original odd couple. Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, God. We're out no matter where we go. <laughs> Never forget the odd couple theme has has words. <laughs> and they're sung by Nichelle Nichols. Yes, of course. <laughs> Gene got to get paid. <laughs> Even in the grave, Gene got to get paid. Roddenberry got to rodden. Uh, Wait. Roddenberry going to rod. <laughs> Rod Roddenberry got a rock. He's still involved with the show. Brian Wilson's gone. Rod sticks yep. around. Oops, all Roddenberries. <laughs> you'll never you'll never pull me out of Star Trek. <laughs> I'm not good at anything else. Cock. Is, is that what he sounds like? Sure. Alright. He he swears a lot. Which shit. Cock surprised me. Turning into Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, that actually makes sense if uh, if uh, Gene sounds like Kermit. Yeah, well, wouldn't Majel sound like Miss Piggy then? No, don't dig too deeply into this. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Actually, then uh, Rod, it sounds like Robin. Yeah. But and, I can't uh, do Robin, so. So That's just fair. a generic voice. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, and Braga, Kermit. And Braga is Scooter. Yeah. Yes. Blow our minds. <laughs> No, Braga is that guy from Gravity Falls. Well established. Uh, oh. Right, 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 right. Uh, I had a note here. God, I hate Harry. I don't even know what that's for. But we all hate Harry. I do. Um, there was the scene where the doctor was talking about how he was nervous about having to take command, and he was talking to Harry, which is actually mm-hmm. like the right character to talk about that to, um, because he's you know the young ensign who who's in charge of the night shift. 
Um, right. Except for the part where it's Harry, so it was terrible. But you know, sure, in the hands of a good writer, it could have been interesting. Mm, that's not always the writing. I've seen some decent Harry scenes just completely fall flat because of the acting too. Yep. Like the, my problem with that character is not just the way he's written. No, it's also the way he's performed. Yeah. But uh, what else? That's pretty much all I got. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of notes here. Although I do have one from the scene where all the women are hitting on the doctor, where it's just like, uh -huh. man, the doctor is fucking thirsty for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, when we cut back to reality, I was surprised he didn't have a boner. But seriously. Oh, that's oh, that's what that's supposed to do. Good. Oh. I was wondering if that program would kick in. If this persists for more than six hours, please contact me. <laughs> please state the nature of the gross emergency. <laughs> Please state the nature of the erectile dysfunction. Uh, this might have been the first mention on Star Trek of a whoopee cushion, so that was something, I guess. I'm sure that's in memory. Yeah, that's right up there with the, the emus and the ladders. Uh -huh. Yeah, freestanding ladders, Spelunk. Oh, sorry. Not just any ladders. <laughs> yeah, no. My mistake. Come on. Come on. The ladders bolted to the wall have been around forever, but freestanding ladders. Since your sun burned hot in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> freestanding ladders have been right no you you can't you can't quote that episode because of that guy oh right now i'm going to jail yeah that doesn't even make sense <laughs> you're going to harlan ellison jail oh man is he dead yet? he just yells at you for hours <laughs> no he sure isn't matt <laughs> in fact i believe he was milking the uh milk and jeans cash cow for more uh uh, City on the Edge of Forever stuff. If oh I'm not shit, mistaken. that's right. I just I I remember hearing about that somehow. Because wasn't there like a novel or a script? Yeah, that like was it. They released it as a fucking no as a fucking novel or whatever. Because they, did a, they comic. did a comic. Yeah, they did a comic yeah. adaptation. Yeah, one of them existed not too long ago. One of them just came out. Mm. Like they've they've released it in a few different forms now, and it's just like enough already. All that being like, said, I am looking forward to the adaptation of his uh, unseen Batman sixty six episode. Yeah, that's fine. So it's it, not all bad, Harlan. Please don't sue me. Yeah. I was also a big fan of uh, <laughs> I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, the video game. No, I liked some of his fiction. I liked City on the Edge of Forever, mm -hmm. even what survived of it. I, I quite enjoyed that. But, oh, uh, shit, he's at my window. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> but if you read the 50-year uh, that, that, uh, mission book, uh, you will see. Actually, I don't know if they mentioned it so much in there. It was in the other he's one. He's barely These are the in that book. Uh, it was, it was, these are the voyages where they he's talk in about it, he in got... some unrelated thing yelling about yeah. how terrible ah. Gene is. Like he was involved in Phase Two or something like that. Mm. Right. Now there was uh, there was a bit in the These Are the Voyages books, which is the super comprehensive, like way too much information, but there's still a lot of good stuff in their books. Yeah. About the original series, and he had an office on the set for you know on the at at the studio for like an entire season to write mm. his one episode, and he didn't do it like deliberately. He just set up an office there and hung out on the set and didn't work. Yeah. And just like, he was a real shit. He like, left, before uh, he, wrote he it. just blasted jazz music and then yep. went out and then and locked the door. Away. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's locked right. The door so people Fuck couldn't you, go Harlan turn it Nelson. off. Oh shit. Yeah, he's coming in. <laughs> he's not even my favorite Harlan. Fucking floating outside my window. Like Salem's lot. <laughs> my favorite Harlan would be Colonel Sanders. Just, just for the right. It's a good Harlan. Uh, I was scared. Uh, it was yeah. going to be Harlan Williams. Yeah, me too. I don't know who that is. Half baked, Harlan Williams. Oh, I liked Half Baked. Is he yeah, Bubble Boy? Hmm? Uh, was he? he Bubble? No, I don't think he was Bubble Boy. Bubble uh, Boy. Wasn't he the hit? He was the hitchhiker in something about Mary. Was he the hitchhiker in something about Mary? The boy in the bubble was uh, John Travolta. No, then they made Bubble Boy and like. No, it's the no, Wars. Was... Oh. <laughs> this is gonna bother me all, all right. night now for absolutely no reason. <laughs> Well, once we wrap up this recording, you can go, you know. Once we wrap this up, search. we're going to do a fucking Harlan Williams marathon. <laughs> Maybe you are. I'm going to do a Harlan Sanders <laughs> it's a marathon. five minute scene of like 50 movies. <laughs> Three movies and 87 episodes of Just for Laughs. Yeah, see, we don't have that in America, Matt. You lucky sons of bitches. We have Voyager. Yeah. We mm. had that too, but we also had Just for Laughs. Canada sucks. <laughs> No, they don't. No, they so, don't. But we do it just country. for laughs. Well, mm. could be worse. <laughs> could be due south. Yeah, it could be just for laughs pranks. 
or it, it could be uh, corner gas. <laughs> I would I would uh, say that corner gas is superior to just for laughs and just for laughs pranks or or Royal and, and Canadian Air Force and the Air F- Oh, there's nothing worse than the Royal Canadian Air Force. Okay, see, I was I knew there was some terrible like I don't know what any of these things are. Was I just know you guys talk about TV shows? gaming shows from Canada. Was there a this Captain hour Canuck has twenty two minutes? What's that? This hour has twenty two minutes. Well, let's ask our f- our foremost expert mm. on Captain Canuck, oh, TV's God. Matt Robotham. Uh, we got half an episode. It was canceled. <laughs> the power of Jesus couldn't years. save the arrow. The, the you hour. got canceled. After, after my after my ex- after my exciting television debut, they almost brought it back as a pilot. <laughs> Ooh, people are interested. No, they're just watching it because uh, this guy's on a podcast, and they mm. told him to listen to it. <laughs> Nobody cares about Captain Canuck. Still mad they wouldn't put uh, put the fucking website into my uh, my byline. Yeah, I asked the guy one fucking thing. Ah, uh, uh, what are you gonna do? Well, it's because you ever watch that station again. Suck anything it, else? CBS. Hey, oh, CBS is doing the new Star Trek. We gotta watch that. Oh, excuse me. Uh, CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting oh. Company. Oh, that's different. Screw you, buddy. <laughs> Screw you, buddy. Show more reruns of This Hour Has 22 Minutes. <laughs> All right. Anything else about this episode? Uh, the I Friendly Giant, no. Mr. Dress-Up. I, I don't... The, are you, I, no. He's just saying more Canada stuff now. I think Matt's whispering. Do you think daydreams about having no. two lungs? <laughs> <laughs> just looks I mean, up in the sky someday. Oh. Do you think anyone, fine. including Neelix, remembers that Neelix only has one lung? Nope. Like, Ron Moore probably remembered when he came in because he probably watched all the episodes and took notes. He had the big spreadsheet of what they've gotten rid of yeah. over the years. Yeah, <laughs> okay. All right, you lost three shuttles, one lung. I feel like oh, if no. anyone asked Neelix, he wouldn't remember how many lungs he had, like, even to start with. Yeah. No, no, they've lost, like, nine shuttles. Uh, Irish Gav sent me this. Somebody counted. And there's <laughs> this awesome, and if I can find soul. it again, I'll I'll link it, like, on our on our webpage on the, in the show notes. But, um... Somebody counted, like, definitely lost shuttles, probably lost shuttles, probably damaged beyond repair shuttles, mm. and it's, like, 19 or something ridiculous like that. Wow. Jeez. I feel like this show owes a formal apology to Worf, but I don't want to f- apologize <laughs> to Worf, so... Nah, we were wrong about that Worf thing anyway. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. we should apologize. Voyager no, this lost is, all the shuttles. This is all Tuvok's fault. Yeah, what the fuck, Tuvok? I thought we were friends. I thought you were good at your job, man. What mm-hmm. was all the shuttle loss? Get, Although get it's not, there's an, it's not stolen shuttles. There's an episode coming up where the Delta Flyer gets destroyed, mm. and then like in the next episode, it's all rebuilt, and it's just the Delta Flyer two now. Oh. Bitch. Well, Wasn't there a whole episode about how long that fucking thing took to build. Yeah, uh, most of that, that was yes. designing it though. So, mm. also, I in in total fairness, DS Nine pulled that same bullshit on us when they destroyed the Defiant and then had a new Defiant. That is bullshit. Yes. And I love that show to pieces, but that was stupid. But as you hell. know, we did say it was bullshit at the time, so yeah, we absolutely did. That was definitely someone's bad thing that episode. Yeah, probably. If I not, it Space is mine. Now. <laughs> yeah, you guys know better. What's wrong with you? <laughs> All right, Flunk, you got anything you want to tell the people to look at or see or whatever? Do. Um. Yeah, my two episodes of I Made a Huge Mistake are out. That's an Arrested Development podcast. Yeah. Um. So go and listen to that. I'm um, probably going to do season three, but uh, he's overbooked. So since I already did two, I might get bumped, mm. but we'll see. Um, and yeah, and then TV thoughts are going to be resumed soon at whyamiwatching.blogspot.com. Um, yeah, there you go. All right. Very well. Uh, I also wanted to mention real quick, uh, the our, our pals, English and Irish Gab, are no longer doing their uh, Doctor Who podcast, unfortunately, the uh, Drunken Time Travel. Uh, we helped them do the final episode for that not too long ago. Uh, but we will still be doing our what we used to call the crossover episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's still going to be uh, me and Matt and those two guys uh, uh, every year. Well, at least for the next two or three years while we're still covering Star Trek. Uh, we will be convening. And what we're going to do, we're going to call it the Christmas special. Yeah. And we're going to exchange a show. We're going to give them a show to review. They're going to give us a show to review, mm. like like a Christmas present. Secret Santa shoes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the all the only rule is that it's an hour long genre show. Other than that, we can pick anything we want. So, mm-hmm. well, I hope you guys want to watch Stargate. Uh, we don't. No one does. No. 
I briefly, and I'm saying this now because we're not going to do it, but I briefly considered giving them Deadly Games. <laughs> Talking about it on the show, not letting Brian chime in, and then never bringing it up again. Yes. But we're not going to do that now. So. I also thought about maybe giving them the Questor tapes, but uh, I couldn't find that. So. Yeah. We'll figure something out, though. And uh, that's that's going to be in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, next week, we have more Voyager. Hooray. All right. That's all, all right. for this time. Cool. All right. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this. <laughs>